Glory to God. Well, let's see here. What should we do today? Well, you know, sometimes I get uh, got a whole bunch of stuff. I know what I got to do. And then sometimes you're just like, okay, how do you want to do this? So today's one of those days. It's like, all right, which angle we want to go at this? But um, we have over the last, you know, year um, been ministering uh, one direction or another with dealing with being overcomers and uh, overcoming uh, because we're all, we are overcomers. That's who we are. Amen. And uh, because the greater one's on the inside of you, the overcomer himself dwells on the inside, which makes you an overcomer. Praise God. Amen. And you overcome because of your faith, because you believe and you trust in God. And as a result of it, you continue to walk as an overcomer. And we have been coming at that about every angle you can think of, uh, mainly because the Spirit of God at the beginning of the year said uh, that this is the year of the overcomer for us here at Word of Victory. Amen. So that's what we did. So uh, what we've been doing over the last, you know, basically maybe last couple months here, been talking about a disciplined lifestyle because in all honesty, if you, if you don't become disciplined in some areas of your life, uh, you might overcome something, get past something, but because you're not disciplined, you open the door for that mess again, and here it comes again, and, and uh, you walk free for a week or two or whatever, but now we're back dealing with stuff again. Come on now. So you gotta, you got to live kind of a disciplined lifestyle. And uh, one of the um, main areas is the fact, or at least where it starts, is being disciplined in our thought life, amen. If we don't take authority of our thoughts, we don't take every thought captive and bring them into the obedience of Christ, what happens is it's inevitable uh, because out of your thoughts, pretty soon here comes words, here comes actions, here comes choices, here comes decisions. And all of those produce something. We've talked about the last few weeks uh, dealing with uh, what you sow is what you reap. And so you sit and you meditate on something, and the next thing you know, there's a word, there's an action, there's a choice, a decision, then it produces something because what you sow is what you reap. And, you know, a lot of times the, mess, the messes we're dealing with come from the fact that we've sown that mess. So we're reaping that mess now. Now, nobody likes that. We all would rather reap good stuff. Come on, somebody. We'd like to say King's X to all the other stuff. Come on. But how many know that ain't how it works? Whatever a man sows is what he'll receive. A man's harvest in life depends entirely upon what he sows. And so we've been talking about that. And we've, last week, began to talk about sowing thanks. Amen. It was a good week for it, being Thanksgiving week. Amen. Uh, but you can sow thanks. Amen. Some days we don't feel like being thankful. I know it's none of you. It was just me once in a while. But every now and then something goes on, something happens, and we just don't feel like giving thanks. I'd rather grumble. I'd rather gripe. I'd rather bellyache. And there's a few other choice words. We'll just leave those alone. Amen. But, amen, it's real tempting to do that. Problem is, when you do all that mess, you're sowing seed. And it produces an environment. It produces a harvest. It produces an atmosphere that we don't like. And we spent quite a bit of time talking about that last week. In fact, I think we'll go ahead, uh, Kathy, let's go with Isaiah. Uh, chapter 51 is where we actually closed last week. So I think we'll go ahead and pick up with this. It says, For the Lord will comfort Zion. Uh, he will comfort all her waste places. Okay? Uh, he will make her wilderness like Eden, her desert like the garden of the Lord. Now, the word comfort here just means to restore or to avenge. So the Lord's going to restore Zion, which is a type and a shadow of, of you and me, praise God, the people of God, the family of God, the church of God, however you want to word it. 
And it says he will comfort all her waste places. Talking about Zion or the people of God, all the waste places. Just means drought or something desolate. He will make her wilderness. It literally means to be pastureless. Amen. Nothing uh, driven in a, in, a, in a pastureless place with nothing to have, nothing to eat. Okay. Uh, make her wilderness like Eden. And of course, we talked quite a bit about Eden last week at the end there. And her desert, which uh, the word desert here means a sterile valley. All right. So there's nothing good about this waste place, this wilderness, or this desert area he's talking about here. He says that he'll turn all that around. He'll change the environment, change the atmosphere. And because it says joy and gladness will be found in it. Talking about in Zion, in the church. Thanksgiving and the voice of melody. Literally means a song. In other words, it's talking about a song of, of appreciation. Okay. So joy and gladness will be found in it. Thanksgiving and the voice of melody. Because that is what's found in it, praise God. It begins to change, begins to turn that waste place, hallelujah, begins to turn and change that wilderness, begins to turn and change that desert, amen, into Eden itself or the garden of the Lord, however you want to word it, praise God. Now, praise God. So joy and thanksgiving, praise God. And we found out last week that uh, you know, we enter into His gates with thanksgiving, right? His courts with praise. We begin to talk and show you how literally just through thanks, just through the giving of thanks, through our appreciation, amen, through, uh, you know, just being grateful, amen, how it can change an atmosphere, amen. Now, you know as well as I do how fast an atmosphere can change when you grumble and gripe. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good now. Come on now, that's a fact. I mean, you can get into an atmosphere and just sit and grumble, gripe, and complain, and all it does is it changes an atmosphere into something we don't like. Well, he says, let's change that thing around, turn it around. Well, how do you do it? Well, how do you get God involved? Well, you try sowing some thanks, praise God. Hallelujah. Try to, amen, to give some appreciation. Amen. Be grateful about some things, praise God. And even at times, it may even seem, as the Scripture talks about, a sacrifice of praise. And he says, that is, amen, literally the fruit of our own lips, giving thanks unto God. Amen. Everybody say, the fruit of our lips. Now, uh, uh, I kind of addressed this last week, and we'll probably again kind of show it again a little bit more than, uh, this week, but um, you got to get your mouth involved because it really isn't true praise or true thanks without your mouth involved. There's got to be something coming out your mouth. And a lot of people say, well, i got a praise in my heart. Well, that's a wonderful. I'm glad you got a praise in your heart. But the word is clear that whatever's in your heart in abundance should be coming out your mouth. So if it ain't coming out your mouth, then I wonder about what you have in your heart. Now, I'm not judging you. But remember that our own words, come on, give tale about where we're at. And uh, so death and life are in the power of the tongue. And so if all that comes out of your mouth is griping and complaining, well, then we know what's in your heart, all right? But if we can get some praise coming out your heart, out your mouth, I mean, if we can get some thanks coming out your mouth, then praise God, we do know what's in your heart. Come on now. Can I hear a big amen? amen. All right. So today what we're going to do, we're going to take a look here. Just It says joy and gladness. This thing of joy and gladness. We're going to talk about gladness of heart, amen, and uh, uh, that's what we're going to deal with today. So with that said, um, kind of in the same thing of what we've been talking about last week. We're going to kind of break into this uh, Deuteronomy uh, chapter 28, please. Let's go to Deuteronomy 28. 
course, the chapter of the blessing and the curses. Amen. The Lord talking to children of Israel, <clears throat> explaining to them what the blessing is and what the curse is. And we're going to go to verse 47. Did you come to hear today? All right, praise God. You know, the cool thing about what we've been talking about, uh, there's nothing difficult about any of this. Uh, everything that we've been talking about, everybody's able to do it. I don't care if you just got saved or you've been saved for 40 years. Anybody can do this. Anybody can stop, amen, and start giving thanks for something. Because we always have something to give thanks for, amen. Now, listen, I'm not denying the fact that we always have something to gripe about. Every one of us, if we wanted to, we could, I could pass out some little yellow notepad or something and say, write down all the things you don't like. And probably most of us could fill a page or two or three or four. Come on, right? Amen. We all have something. We're not denying the fact that there are things out there to gripe about. But I don't want the things out there that we gripe about to be the thing that dictates my life. Amen. So I'd rather, if I got that little yellow pad handed to me, I'd rather fill up. Fill that page or two up, amen, with the things I can give thanks for, amen. Because I'd rather give thanks to God, amen, for what He's done, for what He's doing, and for what He's about to do, praise God. Knowing that if I begin to do that, it'll change the atmosphere, praise God. Cause God, hallelujah, to give Him room to move, praise God, and see Him manifest on a greater level, praise God. Can I hear a big amen in this house today? Somebody give the Lord a praise, amen. Come on, praise Him like you mean it today. All right, now, let's read this key verse, and then we're going we're gonna kind to of, kind of talk about this for a bit. This here now is actually listed in the midst of the curse. Uh, it says this, because you did not serve the Lord. Now, that word serve there literally means to literally extend energies in the area of service or worship. So it's talking about, you know, we're dealing with all the way from actually doing something as unto the Lord or standing and giving honor and worship unto Him, all right? So because you did not serve, because you did not serve the Lord your God with joy and gladness of heart for the abundance of everything. Are you still hearing me today? We live in a blessed nation. We are blessed. And even the even those without, so to speak, are still living better than most, most countries ever will live. Come on, somebody. And so we got a lot to be thankful about. Are you still with me? Now, for the abundance of everything, it's going to be one of those things we're going to talk about. But it says here, with joy and gladness of heart. They did not serve the Lord their God with joy and gladness of heart. Now, let's... Um, what happened uh, pre previous to this, I'm not necessarily going to go to all these references, but in uh, Deuteronomy 8, it's like verses 11 through 20 in there, and then uh, Deuteronomy 12, he's talking about and talking to them about not forgetting about what the Lord's done for you. To start giving honor and thanks, amen, for the things that He has blessed you with, amen. And so He's already began to talk to them about you know, being thankful for all that's already happened. You know, God isn't like some, some ogre that's just waiting, just hoping everybody just, just start giving me thanks because I want to have thanks. I've just got a lot of, you know, low self-esteem and I just need you to give me some thanks. 
It's about an atmosphere. It's about giving him a place to move and a place to work. And when you understand the power of thanks, amen, you do it every, every minute you can if you understood the power of it. Amen. And so he's trying to do is, is have an, an inroad into every area of your life. And the more that you'll give thanks for, the more area he has, amen, to work with in your life. Are you still with me? So anyway, let's go to, let's go to verse 1 of chapter 28. And um, there's a lot of verses in this chapter, so we're not going to read all of it by any means. But verse 1 says, Now it shall come to pass. Now this is the Lord you know, explaining the blessing, explaining the curse. Now it shall come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God. Everybody say, diligently obey. Now the voice of the Lord, he'd already talked to him about some of these things, all right? So if you will diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments or utterances, which I've commanded you to do, amen? And he does it on a daily basis. In fact, scriptures are pretty clear today if you will hear his voice, amen? So God's trying to talk to us daily. So God says he wants to lead you, guide you, direct you. And you can't say I can't hear because his sheep know his voice, hear his voice, and follow his voice. So look at your neighbor and go, bah. That was weird. I, I, just, I didn't think you'd do it, but you did it. Amen. All right, anyway. So anyway, uh, praise God. We are his sheep. Amen. Come on. Hallelujah. And uh, because you're part of the family of God and his sheep, praise God, it says that you will know his voice and hear his voice and follow it. Praise God. So you can't be saying out your mouth anymore that you can't hear God. Just be quiet and listen, and you will. And God will walk you through things, lead you through things. Amen. And if you'll let God speak, let God talk to you, and you follow that, guess what? You'll walk in this blessing. And there's already things He's already talked to you about. There's already things He's already spoke to you about. There's certain principles and certain uh, statutes and things that God has laid out there. Do's and don'ts. Amen. And those are things He's already spoke to us about. Amen. But then there are things that He talks to us about on a daily, a daily basis. Praise God. Now, the more that we will hear and the more we will follow, the more blessed you become. Now, one of the things he spoke to us is to learn to give thanks, to not forget what he has done, not lose sight of that, all right? So he goes on, verse 2, and says, All these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. Why? Because you were willing what, to, to obey the voice of the Lord your God. You had the audacity to do what God said. So when God said, Stop worrying, guess what? That wasn't just a friendly suggestion. Come on now. See, sometimes the reason we, everything gets all out of whack because we, you know, God says, stop, stop, you know, stop thinking on that. Stop meditating on that. Get your mind on something different. Amen. And all of a sudden, things would begin to shift and change for you. So he begins to talk to you and lead you. That's where you got to follow these things. So these blessings. So, of course, in the blessing here, we see all kinds of things. You're blessed in the city, blessed in the country. Amen. Blessed, uh, uh, you, know, every, you know, coming in, going out. Blessed in whole, and your home, blessed in your seed, blessed in your fields. Come on now. He's commanded a blessing on your storehouses. The enemies, when they even try to come at you one way, are fleeing seven. Praise God. Amen. And the word even says they'll be, they'll be defeated even before your face. Amen. These are all part of the blessing, amen? Uh, you, you know, you're going to be the lender and not the borrower. You're going to be, uh, you know, uh, you're going to be the head and not the tail, above only, not beneath, all right? So the first, you know, basically, you know, 14 verses here talk about the blessing, all right? Uh, so let's go to verse 15, all right? Verse 15, 
And it says, but it shall come to pass that if you do not obey the voice, if you don't obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments or utterances, okay, what he speaks, and his statutes, what I command you today, everybody say today, that all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. Now, um, you know, a lot of times when you get into this, uh, I've heard people say, well, you know, the word says I'm redeemed from the curse of the law. Absolutely, you are, if you do what he says and you follow him. It's pretty clear. He lays it out under the new covenant that, you know, don't think that the same things, you know, that, that what happened to the children of Israel wouldn't happen to you. He said, if they're not going to obey what he leads and directs and guides and you, you're not going to obey, the same thing that happened to them, same thing is going to happen to you. Let's it be known. Now, Jesus paid a price so you wouldn't have to operate under the curse. Price has been paid. Amen. And if you, uh, you know, you turn and say, Lord Jesus, that was stupid. Forgive me. Guess what? Woo! Redemption. The blood of Jesus. Amen. Set you free from that curse. Praise the Lord. That's all good stuff. So anyway, praise the Lord. So obviously, if we follow with the blessings, if we don't, then there's this thing called curse. And it says it'll come upon you and overtake you. And then the next, you know, dozen verses it basically reverses the first dozen verses. You know, so he's just letting it be known. You get, this is blessing, this is curse. Blessed coming in, blessed going out, that's, that's a wonderful thing. And, but when the curse is in hand, you're not blessed, you're cursed. It's, it's just coming in and going out everywhere you turn, it's ugly. Come on, somebody. Look at your neighbor and say, no, no curse here, please. Now, how many agree with that, though? Okay. Now, you know, you got you to look at this, right? All right, so let's, uh, let's go, uh, let's see here. Maybe I'll, I'll just do kind of like I did with the blessing. So if you get down a little ways, we see sickness and disease. Ah, we don't want to talk about that. Mental issues. That's all listed under the curse. Relational issues. Marriage issues being ripped off from your assets and possessions is part of the curse. Problems with your kids and family is part of the curse. I know, isn't this, this is like a, isn't this just a pump you up message? <laughs> Listen, you got to know what the, what's in the curse. Huh? Business uh, you know, business being consumed, business endeavors, not think working out. You're, you're, always, you're always losing instead of gaining. There's no profit. Uh, coming further under debt. Um, yep, there's confusion, there's bondage, there's slavery. And then it kind of ends up with a whole bunch more plagues and curses as far as sickness, disease, yuck. Lots of yuck. Whew, got through about 50 verses there. In the midst of those 50 verses, though, verse 47, let's actually go to verse 45. We'll come, come in there again with that. Verse 45. Moreover, all these curses shall come upon you and pursue and pursue and overtake you. Now, nobody wants to curse not only come on you, nobody wants to curse pursuing you. I just, it's like, whoa. You know, the word says that Surely goodness and mercy, come on, should be hot, hot pursuit of you. Amen? That means every time you stop, boom, boom, it ought to be mercy, goodness and mercy just ran into you. 
Just a thought I'm having. Amen. But some people stop, and this mess here we're talking about, come on, is what bumps into them. Are you still with me? Now, nobody wants this mess. I said nobody wants this mess. All right, so it says that it will pursue and overtake you until you are destroyed because you did not obey the voice of the Lord your God to keep His commandments and His statutes and, uh, that He commanded you. And they shall uh, be upon you, talking about the curses. Literally, get this. I, I, I just thought it was worthy of reading this. The curse here shall be upon you for a sign and a wonder. <laughs> That's like horrid. In other words, it's going to be seen. It's going to be noticed. Okay, now, if I may uh, remember, he's talking to his people. He's not talking to the world. He's talking to his people here. Okay, now, nobody, nobody wants any of this here. Uh, and it says, and not only on you, but it's going to be on your descendants too. All right, now, verse 47, because, everybody say because. because. Here's how we can change it. Because, says, you did not serve the Lord your God with joy and gladness of heart for the abundance of everything. You can change all that mess just by starting to be a little bit more thankful. Are you still with me? So let's look at this for a minute. Amen. And um, we're going to look at uh, the word joy and gladness here. Actually, it's uh, uh, two, word, two Hebrew words here. Um, it's uh, simkatub. Okay, simkatub. Okay, and it just means uh, uh, expression of joyful appreciation out of one's own goodness is really what it brings. That's where they get the joy and the gladness here. Okay, so joyfulness is talking about you know a festive, uh, being grateful, but it's talking about an expression. So when we're talking about being thankful, we're talking about something being expressed. Are you still with me? Listen, I don't want the curse in my life. I don't want the curse in your life. I don't want the curse anywhere around my household. I don't want the curse around your household. I just assume I have the curse anywhere near my church. So one of those things that's going to have to happen, and it's a serious thing, obviously, because it's mentioned, is that we're going to have to have a little bit more joy and gladness of heart here. A little bit more joy and gladness of heart. A little bit more expression of joyful appreciation, the word gladness here. Uh, like I said, it's, they put the words joy and gladness in the uh, New King James. I think it's the same with the Old King James. Is that correct? Is that right? For those that have one, maybe. All right. But when, it, when you look it up, Simkatub, okay, it speaks of an expression of joyful appreciation out of one's own goodness. Okay. So gladness of heart, and the word heart, okay, uh, Leb, I know it's Leb in the New Covenant, and I think it's um, Lebdeb or something like that in the in the uh, no, it's Cardia in the New Covenant, Leb Leb in the Old Covenant. There you go. So, but it just means the core of the center. Okay, so Simcha uh, Tube uh, being joyful and gladness. Amen. So we're talking about an expression of joy coming out of Amen. A glad heart. Amen. Out of a heart. Amen, of goodness. So what that means is this, you're not having to be coerced to do it all the time. Now, in this house, we try to, you know, we try to stir you almost every service. Somewhere along the line in the service, we're going to talk about giving God thanks. Just about every service. 
Okay? Today I'm preaching and teaching you this because I am trying to prod you to do it more. But what you do with it's up to you. Right? We teach it because it's a principle. And if you grab hold of it and run with it, amen, you can change any atmosphere into an atmosphere that's conducive for God to move. Any atmosphere into an atmosphere that's conducive for the blessing. That's conducive for miracles, signs and wonders. Just by starting to give God thanks. We found out last week that giving thanks is the will of God for you. That giving thanks, amen, is what pleases Him. Amen. Why? Because it gives Him room to move on behalf of His own. Praise God. Hallelujah. Why? Just giving God some thanks. Praise God. Hallelujah. You with me now? All right. Praise God. So, praise God. The difference between the blessing and the curse in this text is just having a joyful and glad heart. Amen. Through joy and gladness of heart. Praise God. But it says, for the abundance of everything. Hallelujah. For the abundance of everything. Has God not done some things for you? I said, has God not done things for you? Come on now. Hallelujah. What, what gladness of heart does, it helps you not lose sight of what really is value, valuable. And to not lose sight, amen, of those things that God has done so we don't take them for granted. All right? Still with me? Um, Oprah Winfrey made a statement, and uh, I thought it was pretty good. She says, uh, actually, she was uh, uh, with uh, Dolly Parton. So Dolly Parton and Oprah uh, Winfrey, or actually, I think it might even still be still the two highest, um, highest paid uh, female entertainers. Um, I don't know, maybe Lady Gaga or somebody's in there too now. I don't know, but whatever. But all I know is that uh, uh, Dolly Parton, you think, we never thought you'd use those names in my sermon, did you? But uh, Dolly Parton and Oprah Winfrey, amen, pretty good friends. And uh, they have, uh, you know, spent a lot of time together. They've even done a special or two together. And, uh, but they, they spend a lot of their time talking about what God has done for them. They both have a place where they, they spend time in prayer. They both have uh, certain things that they've all said. And both of these two ladies agree with this. They said, if you will spend your time looking at what you have, you'll have more of it. If you will spend your time looking at what you don't have, you'll always be in need. You'll never have enough. So what they do is they begin... The two of them have talked about how they give time every day to give God thanks for all that He has done for them. And they didn't mind sharing that in national television. Now, obviously it works. I said, obviously it works. And so my thought is, why aren't we doing more of this? Huh? So he's probably wondering the same thing. He talked to them earlier on in this, in this book about, you know, giving thanks. Stop forgetting about all that's happened for you. You've been delivered out of the house of bondage. Why wouldn't you give God thanks for that every day? You're born again, saved, blood bought, blood washed. Why wouldn't you give God thanks for that every day? You're heaven bound. Hallelujah. You've been delivered from hell. (laughs) 
Why wouldn't you give God thanks for that? Some of you have been healed and delivered physically. Why would you not give God thanks for that? Amen. Some of you have walked in the blessing in areas, praise God, where your needs have been above and beyond met, praise God, where you're walking in the fullness of the blessing. Why wouldn't you give thanks for that? There's a reason, amen. Praise God for all that he's done. Praise the Lord, amen, for what he's doing. Praise God for what he's about to do. Well, pastor, you don't have to be so loud about it. Again, what's the definition? A joyful, festive rejoicing. An expression of joyful appreciation out of one's own goodness. If you will just start to give God thanks, it, don't, it, ain't so, it ain't, don't take long. Pretty soon, and all of a sudden, it comes from the heart, and it's pretty real, and all of a sudden, it's okay and fun to do. Come on, somebody. Everybody say, gladness of heart. Let's go to uh, let's go 2 Samuel. Let's take a look at some of this in action. Brother, our King David, amen, he, he kind of had an idea about some of this. I said he kind of had an idea about some of this. And uh, this is a man that God said about him, that he is a man after my own heart. Obviously, there's certain things that he's done, certain qualities about David. So uh, this is just one of them. But one of those is the fact that he was pretty expressive about his, his thanks to God. A lot of psalms that he sang about, amen. Um, there's even some psalms in there that are about as depressing as it gets. If you read the beginning of it, because, you know, that's what happens. It's kind of really, to be honest, a lot of people, it might, you might start, your day started off all kind of, oh, my God, did I have to get up? Why did I get up? Oh, my God, can I sleep through the day or whatever, you know. But if you just start putting your mind on higher things, and most of those psalms, that's exactly how it goes. It's like he's sitting here all, man, oh, God, my gosh, this day is just, but he said, but then I, but then I remembered the Lord. What a concept. I put my mind on things above and all of a sudden, renewed strength has come to me. I have been rejuvenated. Calgon, take me away. Anyway, so let's get back to 2 Samuel here. Verse, uh, what did I give you? Verse 11? That's a good one. We'll start right there. The ark of the Lord uh, remained in the house of Odomedom, and because of the fact that something that had happened, they were trying to bring the ark of the covenant back, and they did it wrong, and as a result, there was some trouble. So it, it stayed there uh, at that location for a while. For, it says here for three months. And during that three months, that, that household was pretty blessed. Come on, somebody. Why? Because the ark of the covenant was there, right? So the Lord blessed Odomedom and all his household. It says, Now it was uh, told King David, saying, The Lord has blessed the house of Odomedom and uh, all that belongs to him. Why? Because the Ark of the Covenant says, Because the Ark of the God was there, because of the Ark of God. There we go. So David went and brought up the Ark of God from the house of Odomedom to the city of David with what? 
with gladness. Same thing there, right? Gladness of heart here, all right? So what is the gladness of heart again? Let's define that. It is an expression of joyful appreciation out of one's own goodness. Amen. Coming from within, amen. Nobody had to prod him. Nobody had to tell him. He just did it. Still with me? He just did it. Amen. So, so it was when, the, uh, when those bearing the ark of the Lord had gone six paces uh, that he sacrificed oxen and fatted sheep. All right, then David danced. David danced before the Lord with all his might. Come on, somebody, with all his might. Okay? And David was wearing a linen ephah. In other words, he was down to his BBDs. So 15. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with what? Shouting and with the sound of, of the trumpet. Now, as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, uh, Michal, which looks like Michael, but it's Michal, I believe is how it's pronounced. Saul's daughter looked through a window and saw King David leaping and whirling before the Lord, and she despised him in her heart. How many know that's not a good thing? It means to disesteem. Literally, if you break it down, it means to devalue. She devalued him uh, because of what he was doing. And listen now, I, I don't know, uh, I think sometimes we lose sight of this. The Ark of the Covenant. Come on, you saw Raiders of the Lost Ark. The Ark of the Covenant is coming into town. Come on. Representation of the presence of God coming down the street, down Main Street. Come on, somebody. And David is pretty excited about it, which he should be. Now, his wife, of course, wasn't real happy about it. And, uh, you know, she was more concerned about how, how, you know, embarrassed she was about her husband dancing around in his underwear. Now, I'm sure, you know, if I was to dance around my underwear up here, my wife would probably have a few words to say, too. <laughs> I'm not uh, denying that. Just bad picture. That was just a bad picture. Bad picture. Wow. Anyway, uh, so, so anyway, um, you know, she, you know, the word says it wasn't just that she you know, didn't, was, you know, upset that he didn't cover up. It, it, the word says that she despised him in her heart. So in other words, it wasn't gladness of heart coming out. It was the opposite. Now, we talked about this last week and, and again, touching on it again this week. You got to decide what kind of atmosphere and environment you want around you because it's going to be dependent on what comes out your heart here. Is it going to be gladness of heart or is it going to be despised or this kind of thing that messes around with that, kind of swirls around with that mess, despising something out of your heart? In other words, no thanks, no gratitude. Come on, just the opposite. So you have to decide what you want. Now, this woman ended up being barren because of it. Now, that's pretty significant because he made sure you knew about it. It got printed and recorded that she remained Barren because of that. That should speak. We should get a hold of that. Because it determines an atmosphere, it determines an environment just based on what's coming out your heart and out your mouth. 
And she obviously let it come out of her mouth because later on he shows up at, how, at the house and she chews him out for doing this and basically you know, lets it be known you embarrassed me and the whole household. And, and he said, man, I'm so sorry, honey. I, I was so undignified. That's just horrible. No, ain't what he said. He says, I know that was undignified, but you ain't seen nothing yet, honey. I've just begun. Amen. Now, one of the things about gladness of heart, gladness of heart also helps keep you focused on what you should be looking at. Come on. So gladness of heart has a tendency to keep you focused on the right things. When you talk about the blessing and the curse, so you're staying focused on the right things. All right? What God's doing. What's God, how, what, what did God do here? What did God do there? Amen. How God showed himself here. Remember, God is good all the time. Thank you. Devil bad. God good. Devil bad. It's that simple. That's about as simple a doctrine as you can get. You see good, it's God. Start giving God praise. You see bad, it's, you know where that's coming. So the point is, you know, you can sit and look at all stuff that's all going wrong and all the stuff that's, you know, being messed up and, and done wrong and all that kind of stuff. And all you're going to do really is just, you know, you're just going to open up a doorway for something you don't want to open up to. So let's stay focused on the right thing. So glad it's a heart helped keep you focused. Amen. Learning to give praise and thanks. Now, how many know uh, the cool thing about it? Uh, and this is kind of like what the reason I kind of thought this thing from Oprah was kind of a good thing because sometimes we have a tendency to not sit and count our own blessings, but to count everybody else's. Come on, somebody. And we get to looking in the wrong place. Come on, somebody. Wonder why that person's so blessed and I, you know, I don't have anything and blah, 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 blah. And to be honest about it, just, just stay focused on your own. Everything works better. Now, David, um, you know, one day got... You know, his, his focus got a little off. We're just talking five chapters later. Five chapters later. And the word was clear. He should have been out, you know, doing what kings do. And now he's, you know, he's kind of at home. He's laying around, you know, vegging out, eating stuff and Watching, you know, soap operas and getting bored and go back to the fridge, open it up. <laughs> Walked over to the pantry. Nothing to do around here. So he walked outside out on the deck looking around. Saw something. Well, that happens when you're not looking where you should be looking. And now you see something, and I think it's like chapter 11, and I might have gave a verse. Did I get a verse on that one? I might have. I don't know. It's like verse 2 or something like that. Um, but uh, it says, And it happened one evening that David arose from his bed and walked on the roof of the king's house, and from the roof he saw a woman bathing. And the woman was very beautiful to behold. Obviously, he was staring. Now, this was actually a wife of Uriah, which is uh, one of his mighty men. Now, he didn't know who it was at first, so he 
he sends some of the boys to go, you know, his servants to go find out who it was and, uh, and to get her. Well, that's what happens, you know. Somebody says it's okay to look as long as you don't touch. You know, all you have to do is look long enough, pretty soon you're going to touch. And that's what happens. Now, my message isn't on, on this. My message is the fact that the problem was he wasn't looking where he should have been looking. So what happens is now you're looking in the wrong places, and now you're, instead of counting your own blessings, you're counting somebody else's. Pretty soon, see, you're, you're looking at it as I'm without, and I need to fill that void. And that's where a lot of mess comes from. Instead of just counting on what you got and be blessed, come on, somebody, stay focused on what God's doing for you. Come on now. Hallelujah. And maybe we wouldn't get in so much trouble. I said, maybe we wouldn't get in so much trouble. Now, uh, for whatever it's worth, um, I was thinking about this uh, yesterday. And, you know, Psalm 51 um, is the psalm of repentance that David, after the whole scenario went down, uh, you know, of course, he was seeing him in Bathsheba, and then they have a uh, you know, she's pregnant, and then due to that, um, you know, through the whole scenario, Uriah, um, you know, basically sends Uriah to his death, and then thinking he's, you know, whatever. But anyway, uh, in the meantime, lost uh, the child. Um, anyway, there's just a lot of loss, and a lot of pain, and a lot of hurt, and a lot of, lot of error and mistake that came out of because somebody got to looking in the wrong place because they weren't looking at what they should have been looking at. Anybody hearing me? So enough of that. But as far as I'm concerned, all of that's listed under the curse. Now, David was a man after God's own heart because he did understand some principles. The problem was he lost sight of it. Which means if a man after God's own heart can lose sight of it, you got to understand it, so could you. Solomon, the smartest man, they said, that probably you know, has ever been on the planet, maybe other than Jesus, but at that time, but he kept looking over the fence all the time. Kept thinking he's without. Dude, wake up. And it, ended, it, ended, it didn't end so good for him. So, if we would stay more focused on what God has done for us and have some gladness of heart, we'd be less apt to get ourselves caught up in some other trouble. Thank you for all that enthusiasm. Are you listening? All right, now, Psalms 51 says this. This is what he said in that psalm. Create in me a clean heart. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Create in me a clean heart. Or that says, yeah, clean heart and renew a right spirit. So obviously, his heart needs to be changed. Come on, somebody. There need to be some work internally here. So, amen. That even though five chapters after we see the benefits of, come on. Not being grateful, 
he loses sight of that. Come on. And he's no longer got gladness of heart. Instead, he's got something else going on. Come on now. And all of a sudden, you know, now he finds himself having to repent. And praise God he did. It's a wonderful psalm. So if you've ever blown it or made mistakes, you know, praise the Lord, we have an answer. So we're not trying to leave you hanging there. But we're trying to show you, you know, why not, you know, get some things like this here anchored and settled so that way we don't always have to be repenting about every other week. Just a thought. So um, praise God, we do have uh, a solution for that. We do have an answer for that. But there's a lot of things we could avoid if we just kept gladness of heart. Are you still with me? Uh, let's, let's look at some, I think I want to do this. Go to the Gospel of John. And I think it's like John 6. And I think this is worthy of looking at. Verse 1 says this, After these things Jesus went over the, uh, over the Sea of Galilee, uh, which is the Sea of Tiberias. Okay, and it says, then a great multitude followed him, and because they saw his signs, which he had performed on, on those who were diseased. Okay, so in other words, here they come now. Jesus went up on the mountain, and, and there he sat with his disciples. All right, verse 4. Now, the Passover, uh, a feast of the Jews, was near. Verse 5. Then Jesus lifted up his eyes, and seeing a great multitude coming toward him, he said to Philip, uh, where shall we buy bread that these may eat? Okay, verse 6. But, he, but this he said to test him, for he himself already knew, right, what he was going to do. And Philip answered him and said, well, even 200 denarii worth of bread is not even sufficient enough for these people, right? That, that every one of them should have enough, to even have a little, right? So verse 8, here we go. One of his disciples, uh, Andrew, Simon, Peter's, Peter's brother, said to him, verse 9 now, there, there is a lad here, young kid here, all right? He, he was heading home from the grocery store. He stopped in, you know, at Fred Meyer's and, you know, getting, getting lunch. And, you know, mom sent him on a little errand. And so he's got, you know, five barley loaves and two small fish. And, and uh, you know, and, and so he's still got the sack. He's kind of walking, you know, and thinking, what's this gathering? So, you know, like a little kid will, he's going to say, oh, well, check it out. What's going on? So a little kid, you know, coming back from the grocery store, whatever, however you get your own picture. But anyway, you know, so he's heading back and he's looking around. going, man, what are all those people, man? I'm going to check this out. So he goes up there. He's standing around. You know, so. You know, and everybody's kind of, you know, kind of moving in. And so he kind of just kind of, you know, getting around everybody. And amen. Doing what a little kid will do. Checking out the scene. So he gets up front there and obviously close enough that somebody says, you know, we don't have anybody. Hey, hey, this little kid here's got food. <laughs> Let's take his lunch. All right, let's go to verse 10. And Jesus said, make the people sit down. Now, there's 5,000. Come on. <laughs> it says 5,000 men. So I don't, we don't know how many there is total. Jesus said, make the people sit down. And uh, now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number, about 5,000. Okay, verse, verse 11 here. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had uh, given thanks, everybody say, given thanks. One of, the, one of the texts says he literally lifted it up 
And he blessed it, giving thanks. Come on. He then distributed them to the disciples and the disciples uh, and the disciples to those sitting down and likewise of the fish as much as they wanted. Verse 12, please. So when they were filled, everybody say filled. When they were filled, he said uh, to his disciples, gather up the fragments that remain so that nothing is lost. Verse 13. Therefore they gathered them up and filled 12 baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves which were left over by those who had eaten. In other words, amen, of course, we know that it was given back to this boy, amen. So the boy came with a grocery sack left with 12 baskets full. Come on. Even that multiplied. Come on, somebody. Now, the point being is this. um, The difference here, uh, Jesus lifted, blessed it, gave thanks for it, and it multiplied. Come on, the disciples prior to that, amen, weren't focused on that. They they didn't see that. Come on, somebody. Is anybody hearing me? They didn't see that. All they could see is what they didn't have. I'll try this side. All they could see is what they didn't have. Jesus took what they had. All there is is a few, you know, loaves and a few, you know, a couple fish. Well, that's enough. He blesses it. Come on, somebody. Gives thanks for it and begins to distribute it, and it multiplies as they were handed. I mean, one, just that's a phenomenal miracle. Literally, as they're handing it out, okay, it's multiplying in their hands. Okay, now, it's just another sign or another example maybe I should say of the power of thanks of having some you know being thankful today we're dealing with you know gladness of heart I mean just just by stopping once in a while and let something come I mean from your heart saying Lord I thank you it'll change an atmosphere I said it'll change an atmosphere put uh Let's do Psalms. Psalms 4. We're winding her down here. Let's see here. What did I give you here? Verse 4. All. We could do that. What one verse to start on here? Be angry and do not sin. That just word anger just means be agitated and do not sin. How many know there are things that will make you get agitated, get angry? I said there are things that will happen, and they could even make you angry. Just don't sin. Now listen. Meditate within your heart on your bed and be still. So in other words, there's only one way to stop yourself from not sinning. That is to get your head right. And he says, Selah, which means, let's stop and think about this for a minute. Okay, something happened, something's going on. Okay, now in context, it was, there's something going on, something we don't like, something's happening we don't, we're not, we don't appreciate, but we're going we're gonna to get our head right. So I don't cross some dumb line and sow some dumb seed. 
then I'm going to have an ugly harvest. Okay. Offer the sacrifices of righteousness. I said, put your trust in the Lord. Verse 5 says, there are many who say, who will show us any good? In other words, that's all they focus on. Like, man, ain't nothing ever worked. It never goes right. Ain't nothing ever. Oh, God, everything is always so bad. Lord, lift up the light of your countenance upon us. You have put gladness in my heart more than in the season that they're grain and wine. In other words, I got gladness regardless of what it looks like the enemy's prospering. It looks like they're all succeeding. I'd rather I'm going to look at what God is doing for me instead of being so concerned about what everybody else is happening for them. There's several psalms that deal with this. You, know, you can look out there and you say, you know, a lot of times I've had even people say, well, I just don't understand how can the world keeps prospering. So in the meantime, you're not giving God any place to move on your life because you're too busy griping and complaining and focusing on the wrong thing. Come on, somebody. See, if you would keep yourself focused right and you would stay thankful for what God has done, you'd start seeing more come your way. And then pretty soon they can look at your life and go, well, how come he's prospering? How come he's increasing? You can say, well, I'll tell you what. It's called thanks. Can I hear a big amen? amen? Hallelujah. So this is what's going on here in this text. I will, uh, verse 8, I will both lie down in peace and sleep. Uh, for you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. Praise God. In other words, I'm going to stay locked on, amen, to what you're doing, amen, and not worry about what everybody else is doing. Praise God. Are you still with me? Hallelujah. <clears throat> I think what I'm going to do is I'm just, Kathy, I'm just going to quote it and move on here, okay? So um, Second Chronicles says this, that Hezekiah, amen, was, had gladness of heart based on the restoration of the house of God, the worship of God, amen. Uh, Nehemiah in chapter 12 said that uh, they, they uh, came out of gladness and thanksgiving based on celebrating uh, the dedication of the wall that was built. Come on, somebody. So there was obviously some thanksgiving going on there. In fact, in Nehemiah, what happened, they literally, not only did they all begin to give God thanks, they literally set up a couple choirs, I mean singing choirs. And they went up on the wall and they put, they call them choirs of thanksgiving. And they would to put together, it's like, you know, uh, we've got we to sign up at least out in the foyer here. Whoever wants to be part of the thanksgiving choir. I want to be a part of that. I'd like to be a part of that. I want to be a part of that. Hey, I want to be a count me in. Count me. Hey, what? all right, all right. Let's see. We got one. We have got to count it. Everybody, one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two. Okay, everybody with ones go to this side of the wall. Everybody with twos go to that side of the wall. And when we give you the cue, let's start singing. Let's start and literally, let's start giving thanks. About the wall that's been built. Mm -hmm. I'm thankful. Mm -hmm. And they have this group of us going, mm. this group's going, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, hoo, hoo. Are you thankful? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm thankful. They did it right. Come on, and they had a blast. And God showed himself strong. Amen. 
I don't mean to bore you with all this, but anyway, I'm just telling you. Jeremiah even talks about, amen, out of a, a voice of joy and a voice of gladness, right? And then talking about the bringing the sacrifices of praise because of God restoring a nation, God restoring His people, praise God. There's just something about, you know, gladness of heart, coming out with some thanksgiving, with some joy, some praise. We always got something to give God praise about. I said, we always got something to give God praise about. And if you're saying, well, Pastor, I have a hard time with this. Well, like I said, we read in Psalms 4, he'll, the Word says He can put gladness in your heart. You just start giving God a little place. You know, like David said, Lord, create in me a clean heart. Make that heart right. I can tell right now, my heart ain't right. It ain't right. Oh, I don't like where my heart is. But, Lord, I want to be thankful. I don't want to be a grumbler. I don't want to be a griper. I want to be thankful. Create in me a clean heart. Put, thank, put the gladness in my heart. Praise God. Psalm 51, even a little earlier, it talks about making, uh, make, he makes me to hear joy and gladness. In other words, you know, that's what you're doing today. You're being made to hear joy and gladness. And hopefully you hear enough of it and it stirs something in you. Still with me? Yeah. Hallelujah. The word even talks about being anointed with the oil of gladness. The word says that Jesus, and of course it was a prophecy about Jesus, and of course you see it again in, in Hebrews 1, uh, about how he was anointed with the oil of gladness above all his companions. Amen. But the point being is, it, is that the same way he was anointed with the oil of gladness, the same way you could be anointed with the oil of gladness, it's available. So my thought is this. Even if you're in here today and you say, well, you just don't understand my life's horrible, and ain't nothing ever gone right, and I don't know that everything ever will. Now, I hear what you're saying, but it, it's just kind of hard for me to get there. Well, then you're a candidate for God to create a new heart in you, a clean heart in you, a heart of gladness. Can I hear a big amen? amen. So what we're all going to do right now, we're all going to stand up. Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. We're all going to stand up. And we're just going to be receivers of gladness of heart. Amen. Oil of gladness being poured out on you right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Creating. A whole bunch of creating going on. Hallelujah. You know, <laughs> the word... To, to create in me a clean heart. That word create means to literally make something from nothing. That's what it means. You may say there's nothing there. Well, we're going to make something out. Come on. Hallelujah. So, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, thank you. Thank you for gladness of heart. Thank you, Lord, that we're a people focused, hallelujah, on what you've done what you're doing, and, Lord, by faith for what you're about to do. Father, we thank you. Amen. We thank you, Lord, for the blessings in our life. We thank you for moving in our homes and our households. We thank you, Lord, for our families. We thank you, Lord, for every need being met. We thank you, Lord, for all the provision 
for all the breakthroughs, for all the times over the years you've shown yourself strong. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. We thank you. Hallelujah. Flow. Hallelujah. With the oil of gladness today. Flow, Lord God. Hallelujah. With a heart of thanksgiving today. A heart of gladness. Praise God. Flow in us today. Father, we thank you that we are saved. Thank you, Lord, that we are no longer hell-bound. Thank you, Lord, <laughs> that you could save someone like me, save something like us. Hallelujah. That you could somehow, through it all, through all the yuck, through all the misery, all the ups and downs, you still flowing and working and did something supernatural. Saved our soul. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. New creation in Christ. Hallelujah. Now, praise God, heaven bound because of a decision. Hallelujah. That we were willing to agree and receive and accept. Hallelujah. And because of that, hallelujah, the miracle of a new birth, salvation. Amen. Hallelujah. Born again spirit. Hallelujah. We give you praise for that. Hallelujah. Is there anybody in this place thankful for that? Yeah. Hallelujah. 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 So we're thankful today, Lord. Hallelujah. Now, if you're in here today and you haven't done that, boy, this is your day. Wow. Praise God. So if you're in here today and you say, you know what? I, I, I've never done that. I've never, never accepted him and never have been born again or whatever you're talking about there. And you'd like that. Praise God. I mean, I would be honored to be able to pray with you if you're here today and you've never accepted Christ and you'd like to today. We want to give you that opportunity. So if you're here today, and you say, Pastor, that's me. I want you to pray for me. Praise God. Raise your hand at me real quick. I just want to see if there's anybody else. Hallelujah. Anybody in the house today say, that's never happened to me, but I want it to be. Praise God. Give an opportunity. Amen. There's some people in here I don't know. Praise God. Always give opportunity. Amen. Praise God. So I, that means you're all saved. And thankful. Amen. There's gladness of heart flowing in the house today. Look at your neighbor and say, that's just flowing. I can feel it. Praise God. Hallelujah. God's good. Amen. Praise God. All right. Father, we give you praise and glory for it. Give you thanks. Give you honor. Hallelujah. For all you've done, all you're doing, and all you're about to do. For that, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise God. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.